This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Tonight, home or not for the holidays. The bomb cyclone creating travel chaos with flights already getting canceled ahead of one of the busiest travel weeks of the year. The dangerous winter storm bringing freezing temperatures and up to two feet of snow. CBS's Errol Barnett has what you need to know before heading to the airport or hitting the road. Deadly earthquake hits Northern California. Roads buckle, power knocked out to tens of thousands. The major damage tonight. Border showdown, Texas National Guard troops arrive in El Paso as the country awaits a Supreme Court decision on the fate of Title 42. Breaking news on Donald Trump's tax returns, plus a CBS News exclusive. The never before heard January 6th testimony of the former president's personal aide. Hospitals bracing for a surge of flu in RSV, but as CBS's Janet Shamling reports, some emergency rooms are already crowded. We're seeing 2,000 more patients a month than we did last year. And children and cell phones, what parents can do to protect their kids in the digital world. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us on this very busy Tuesday night. A powerful earthquake killed two people and tonight there is major damage to buildings and roads in Northern California. Plus, the Biden administration just weighed in on the lifting of the immigration policy known as Title 42. We're going to have more on that in just a moment. But first, we're going to begin with the impending travel nightmare for those trying to make it home 
for Christmas. Record cold temperatures are on the way, followed by blizzard-like conditions later in the week from the Midwest to the Northeast. AAA says nearly 113 million Americans are expected to travel for the holidays. That's up more than three and a half million since just last year. Airlines are already issuing waivers and travel alerts ahead of the expected delays and cancellations. CBS's Errol Barnett is at a busy LaGuardia Airport in New York. Good evening, Errol. Hey there, Nora. Good evening. This powerful storm will have widespread impact on airports, which were already bracing for one of the busiest holiday travel days since the pandemic began. And now transit hubs like this one are planning for an avalanche of cancellations for what some expect to be a once in a generation storm. Snow is already falling in cities like Seattle, and with that same cold air already moving east, those expecting to travel for the holiday face an uphill climb. Hopefully we got the sweet spot just in time. In fact, the storm system is already causing delays and cancellations at Seattle Tacoma International Airport. Thursday is expected to be the busiest travel day of the holiday season, with more than 47,000 flights scheduled across the country. Airlines are considering cancellations after meeting with their respective weather teams today. Waivers are being offered to travelers wanting to change plans, but the time to make those changes is now. If you wait till flights start being canceled, it's too late. While 7.2 million are expected to fly, more than 100 million will be driving. One gift drivers can appreciate falling gas prices, which are hovering around $3.12 a gallon, the lowest since July of 2021. Now, for those flying this next week, the best advice is to download your airline's app so you get the latest updates, book the most early flight of the day on the most direct route. Nora, you'll need all the resources and luck you can get. Appreciate that good advice, Errol Burnett. Thank you. And for more on this major storm system, let's bring in meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. Hey there, Chris. Good evening, Nora. Extremely cold air from the Arctic will drop down into the United States in the form of a front, bringing winter storm conditions and dangerously cold wind chills from Canada all the way down to Mexico. Some of the wind chills by Thursday morning will be 30 to 40, almost 50 degrees below zero. That's what it will feel like on your skin. It's reasonably possible parts of Wyoming could have wind chills as low as 70 below zero. And then that cold air quickly drops down into the south, all the way down to the Gulf Coast and Florida. And as it does, there could potentially be a flash freeze with temperatures below zero or even around five degrees. And Nora, that's what makes things extremely dangerous on the roadways. Precipitation freezing very quickly. Super cold. Thanks so much. In Northern California, at least two people have died and nearly a dozen others injured after a powerful magnitude 6.4 earthquake struck overnight near the rural town of Ferndale. Tens of thousands are still without power in the small community that is located more than 200 miles northwest of San Francisco. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. This is what residents woke up to near the epicenter of California's most powerful earthquake in just over three years. It was just crazy. I mean, everything just fell off the walls and I thought my house was going to fall down. 
we saw firsthand the impact of the magnitude 6.4 quake, which struck Humboldt County near the Oregon border just after 2.30 this morning. I just woke up to this. Darren Gallagher says when he walked outside his home in Rio Dell. Old front porch fell off. There's a dirt bike over there holding up that end. The road buckled near Ferndale, a town of 1,300 residents closest to the epicenter. We're talking about damage to homes, um, damage to critical infrastructure and lifelines, so water, power. But as powerful as this jolt was, the damage could have been much worse. The quake hit 11 miles beneath the surface. When it's releasing down further in the earth, then that some of that energy has a chance to kind of die down before it gets to the surface. Most buildings held steady. The injuries due to what state officials call non-structural items. Your bookshelves, your TVs could fall over that aren't bolted down. Uh, short of a house collapsing on you or a building collapsing on you, uh, the potential for having a big bookshelf fall over is high. Perhaps most unsettling is that the 6.4 Tembler may just be a warning. Unfortunately, we have no way of telling whether this is a foreshock to a larger earthquake. We don't know, but this is a great reminder. And you can see the damage to this house behind me. There have already been more than 80 aftershocks. The strongest measured 4.6. Ironically, a 6.2 magnitude earthquake struck this same area exactly one year ago today. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you so much. Let's turn now to that looming crisis at the southern border. New tonight, the Biden administration is asking the Supreme Court to end restrictions on migrants hoping to gain asylum here in the U.S. The Trump administration has put in place a rule during the pandemic that expelled migrants without allowing them to seek asylum. CBS's Omar Villafranca is in El Paso, where the Texas National Guard has now arrived. A dramatic scene on Texas's U.S.-Mexico border. Before sunrise, Texas National Guard troops arrived to put a razor wire fence alongside the banks of the Rio Grande. Texas Governor Greg Abbott sending 400 more National Guard troops to the El Paso border in an attempt to block the flow of migrants into the U.S. They're getting a little bullhorn every once in a while and telling people you can't be here. You being here on this side is illegal. You need to move on. And they're telling them to go to different points of entry. But what we found out when they're going to other points of entry, Customs and Border Patrol is not letting anybody in. This was one of the border crossings a week ago. This is what it looks like tonight. A line of Humvees, armed soldiers, and Texas state troopers. Thousands of migrants have crossed this area in the last few days. Despite the uncertainty of ending Title 42, the city is putting plans in motion to house as many as 10,000 migrants, even considering opening their convention center in schools not currently in use. Meanwhile, in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, 27-year-old Yanisi Martinez and her three children wait to cross the border. They have been traveling for three months from Venezuela. They would give us the opportunity to come in, she says, only to put up a fence instead. Her three-year-old daughter is sick in her arms. She hopes to get to her brother in North Carolina. I asked her what did she want to tell President Biden, and she said that she just wants a chance to get inside. Shelters here in El Paso will be packed again tonight with hundreds of migrants. The White House has asked the Supreme Court that if they're going to let Title 42 expire, at least wait until after Christmas. Nora? Tough situation there, Omar Villafranca. Thank you so much. 
And breaking news tonight, the House Ways and Means Committee is deciding whether to publicly release some of former President Trump's tax returns. After a three-year legal battle, the committee last month received six years of Trump's tax returns. Republicans have vowed to shut down the investigation into Trump's taxes when they take control of the House next month. Well, tonight we have a CBS News exclusive ahead of the January 6th committee's release of its final report tomorrow. CBS's Robert Costa has obtained recordings of the committee's interview with one of Trump's closest advisors, which could provide evidence of crimes committed in the White House. There was perhaps no advisor closer to the president than his personal aide, Nick Luna, who managed operations in and around the Oval Office. And on January 6th, Luna was at Trump's side most of the day. Luna testified he sometimes saw Trump discard documents, even though federal law says presidential records must be kept. Do you know whether the president ever tore up notes when he was finished with them? Yes. Okay, and, and just to be clear, did the president tear up notes when he was finished with them? I don't know what the documents were, but there were tearing. But you are aware that at least sometimes the president would tear up notes or piece of paper when he was done with them. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. Luna's eyewitness account echoes previous reporting that Trump would at times rip up documents and throw pieces in the toilet, which occasionally clogged the pipes in the White House. The audio files also show Luna testified about an unusual exchange he had with Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, on a day when state Republican legislators visited the White House to huddle and strategize about how to keep Trump in power. There was one instance where it would normally be my... Um, job to go in and make sure that the president is comfortable in wherever the situation is, if he's sitting in the chair or something like that. And I remember specifically this instance, he had said, do not, don't come in, don't come in to the room today. Mr. Meadows said that to you? Correct. Did he ever tell you why not to come into the room? He did not. Luna said such a request was rare. It sounds like it was a, a, a rare occurrence that you were told not to come into a meeting like that. Correct. In a statement, the Trump campaign criticized the January 6th committee but did not address Luna's testimony. Tomorrow, the committee will begin releasing full transcripts of interviews conducted with key Trump players. That's evidence the Justice Department's special counsel could be eager to see. Nora. Yeah, we'll learn lots of new things as well. Robert Costa with that exclusive. Thank you. Well, let's turn out to some breaking news. CBS News has learned that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is set for a series of high-profile meetings here in Washington tomorrow. It is his first trip out of the country since the war began in February. The visit includes a meeting with President Biden and an address to Congress, just as lawmakers are set to vote on a year-end spending package that includes $45 billion in new emergency assistance to Ukraine. While public health officials are concerned about a post-holiday surge of respiratory illnesses, pediatric hospitals nationwide are already in crisis mode. All this as there's a shortage of children's Tylenol. The CDC says 45 states report high or very high levels of influenza, including one of the hardest-hit states, Tennessee. CBS's Janet Chamlian traveled to an overwhelmed children's hospital in Memphis. A crowded emergency room waiting area. 262? Filled with sick children needing to be seen. She just woke up this morning. She was throwing up. The room filled with coughing, fever, and parents' fear. I'm trying to make sure, make sure she's not dehydrated. This is not an unusual day at Labonner Children's Hospital in Memphis. Can I listen to your heart? It's every day. Fewer patients, but more critical in the neonatal intensive care unit. Hey, buddy. Maverick King has RSV. 
He's eight weeks old and has spent half that time in the hospital fighting for his life. It's definitely not how I thought we'd spend our first two months or his first Thanksgiving, and it's so close to Christmas. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, he's just upset. Mom Brittany King says this is an improvement. When he was intubated, what were you thinking? I don't think there's any words to sit there and watch your newborn baby have to be intubated to breathe. In each room, a heartbreaking story. Hospital President Michael Wiggins says it's unprecedented. How does this compare to what you saw during COVID? Well, this really is the pediatric experience of COVID. Uh, the, the volumes of patients that the adult hospital saw during COVID, that's what we're experiencing now. Hello. Nurses and other staff are taking extra shifts to ensure every child gets the best care. Ahead of the holidays, what parents want most is to leave. There's a chance that we get to go home in a few days, but depending on how he does, we'll determine for home by Christmas. Janet Shamley in CBS News, Memphis. Well, turning now to part two in our series on young children and cell phones. One in three Americans say they've fallen for a phone scam, and kids are especially vulnerable. CBS's Adriana Diaz has tonight's Family Matters with tips on how to protect your children. Do their social skills, you know, match up with the access that they have? At Chicago's Peterson Elementary School, parents are ready for a lesson on kids' cell phone safety. Devorah Heitner wrote the guide screen-wise. We should ask our kids permission um, before we share their picture. Creighton Berman just gave his 12-year-old a phone. Linda Gibson's 13-year-old has one, too. Our kids aren't always able to distinguish what's real and what's reliable, and so that's been my main concern. My son uses Discord, which is, uh, What is know, that? It's, it's like a Slack, but, but for any interest, it's fairly anonymous. We talk about it a lot, but that is one that makes me kind of nervous. What should parents know to try to keep them safe? Anyone who's trying to exploit your child sexually, emotionally, financially, uh, they will use those threats to isolate them and scare them. If your child knows they have a safe person in you and that you will fight for them and be on their side, they're much less vulnerable. Heitner also suggests removing phones at bedtime, using parental controls to limit screen time and apps, researching apps your kids want on sites like Common Sense Media, not allowing headphones during games where your child can chat, and modeling good behavior. Ultimately, I believe that mentoring is more powerful than monitoring. We want to teach them how to do the right thing. And we've had a lot of conversations about even just pictures that kids post on social media. For his phone, I think what we're going to do is limited to just texting and phone calls. We'll probably find ways around it. So I'm, I think open dialogue is really the biggest thing. It's, it's all you can really do. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago. One of the nation's largest banks has agreed to pay billions of dollars after being accused of mistreating its customers. We've got that story coming up. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. 
It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Banking giant Wells Fargo has agreed to pay more than $3.5 billion to settle accusations that it charged its customers illegal fees and interest on auto loans and mortgages. The bank was also accused of incorrectly applying overdraft fees against savings and checking accounts. The settlement includes a record penalty of $1.7 billion. The other $2 billion is restitution to customers. All right, there was World Cup chaos in Argentina today. Look at these pictures as millions flooded into the streets to celebrate. That's next. An estimated crowd of 4 million jubilant soccer fans flooded the streets and even the highways of Buenos Aires today as Argentina tried to hold a victory parade for their World Cup champions. A bus carrying superstar Lionel Messi and his teammates was so was moving so slowly that they had to be airlifted out by helicopter, turning the whole chaotic celebration into an aerial parade. Wow. All right, a Tennessee town's road to recovery following a devastating natural disaster. That story's next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Finally tonight, a story of hope and recovery. In 2020, a deadly tornado ripped through a Tennessee town. CBS's David Begno covered the devastation at the time, and he recently returned, and what he found is truly inspiring. There he is. We went back to Cookville, Tennessee, to check in. Wow, it's been a long time. Nearly three years after a tornado hit in the middle of the night. There was no grass. It actually, Mm. it pulled the grass up. It was a direct hit. 170 homes shredded, 19 lives lost, including an entire family that huddled together and are now buried together. Josh, Aaron, and Sawyer Kimberlin. His grandparents are Tricia and Pastor Rodney Pitts. I'm not the same person I used to be, that's for sure. What's changed? Oh man, everything. Much of Cookville has been rebuilt, but not the Kimberlin home. Instead, the community pitched in and converted the land into what is now Hope Park. This was where Sawyer played a lot. 
and they've made a happy place for kids. It means so much to know that their memory is still alive and the impact that they had on people. <laughs> they wanted us to hear the laughter, see the resilience, and feel their unbreakable faith. David Begno, yeah. CBS News, Cookville, Tennessee. To know they're not forgotten, and that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.